What's up, Say What family? Welcome back to the Say What podcast. Hello, 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 friends. I am back after a week off the podcast and just glad to be sitting here talking with you. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. So happy that you are here with us and you're now part of the Say What family. So we like to talk about marriage and sex and purity culture and all things like that. And I personally think it's a really fun time. So, (laughs) Um, but I'm Hannah and I'm really happy you're here. So I was off last week. If you aren't following my Instagram and you like just listen to the podcast when it comes out, you're probably like, what the heck? There's not a new episode. I'm so confused. So that is a reminder to just follow Instagram because I'll keep you guys updated on that. Um, Yeah, I had to take a week off because um, last week on Tuesday, we got a phone call that Thomas's grandpa that he is very, very close with, um, he had been in the hospital and um, he, they were now moving him home for hospice care. So we kind of got the call and we were like, all right, we need to go say goodbye. We need to go be with the family. We need to, you know, help take care of him in his last few days. And so we just got the earliest flight we could the next day and um, took off. So and flew back to Georgia. And so I just appreciate you guys like being flexible with me. We didn't get back until Sunday afternoon, evening, and we were just exhausted. So definitely couldn't record a podcast. Wasn't in the right headspace either. Um, his grandpa did pass on Monday, um, and it was very peaceful and we were really grateful that he had a peaceful moment. So that was nice. Um, nice is a weird way to describe death. That's not really what I meant. I hope you guys know what I mean. We are just grateful that it was really peaceful and that it was his time. His wishes were that he wouldn't do any, you know, any kind of care at the end if, and that he was just around by, surrounded by his family. And that's exactly what happened. So we are going to be missing him a lot. Um, by the time you listen to this episode, we will already be back, but Thomas is going to be speaking at the funeral. And so I'm already just really proud of him for doing that. Um, He was really close with his grandpa. So um, I'm really proud of him for doing that. I don't know how much grandpa would like appreciate that. So um, that's where I was last week. Thank you guys for thinking of us and praying. And then other update is baby. So I had my 12 week appointment today, which was really nice. I am um, doing good. Baby was moving so much. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Like when she did the ultrasound, the, the doctor did the ultrasound, she was like, oh my gosh, your baby is moving so much. And look, she's just waving away. Um, now I said she, we don't know the gender yet. We'll find out in like a week or 10 days because we are doing a genetics test just to check on everything, see, you know, learn more about our baby. And part of learning more about your baby is the gender. So we will find that out. I'll just tell you guys, I'm not doing some kind of big reveal. I'm just going to tell you if it's boy or girl, it's not that big deal to me. <laughs> so, but, um, the doctor was like, look, your baby is waving. Like there's, there's some, there's some, there's some hands, there's some toes, like your baby is moving so much. And so the pictures that we got are pretty creepy, honestly, because the baby was moving so much, it was hard to get like a good picture. And so it looks like the head is like separated from the body parts, which is really funny. Um, but it was really good. We had another high, strong heartbeat. I'm like, this baby is already a dancer. This baby is already active. You know, she's a runner. She's a track star. And that's just what we're doing. That's what we got going on. She's very busy, has been taking her mother's life from her for 12 weeks now. So I'm glad she's at least having some fun in there, you know, or he glad to know the baby's just living the time, having the time of its life. So I will say update. I am feeling so much better. So I hit 12 weeks 
And honestly, at that mark, I started not being nauseous every day. So last week on Tuesday, when we, you know, realized we were traveling, I got really nervous because like, I want, I definitely was like, we have to go immediately, but I was nervous about how I would do traveling. Um, I just, I don't know. I get sick sometimes and I did throw up the morning that we left, um, outside and I was like, cool. Uh, but I was kind of glad I got it out of the way, honestly. And then since we were home with family, like I got less and less like sick. I wasn't nauseous every day. I was waking up feeling really great. I have a lot of energy now. So the last podcast you guys heard, I was crying and talking about how sad I was and how sick I was and how I thought my life was never going to get better. And this week I'm here to tell you that improvement can happen. So they, you know, they say that when you're getting close to your second trimester, that you do start to feel better. Um, but I didn't know if that was going to be my story or not. And so thankfully it has been, and I am feeling much, much better. I have so much more energy. I've started doing stuff around the house again. I still can't do the dishes because that, that still does make me nauseous, but you know, doing the best we can over here. So, uh, but baby was good. Appointment was good. I'll have another appointment in a couple weeks to do some more blood work. And then my next ultrasound will be the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. So all is well there, doing good. Thank you guys so much for the kind words and the encouraging messages. I'm still trying to get back to all the messages on, on Instagram. So if you have sent me one, sometimes people unsend them. So don't unsend them. Just like give me a minute and I will respond. Um, I'm just trying to play catch up now since I am coming back to Instagram. So very happy to be back. I'll be posting some really cool graphics that my graphic designer makes. She's the absolute best and she's made me like the best graphics the past couple weeks. But since I wasn't on Instagram, I haven't been posting them. So I'm about to be back, about to be posting again. And I'm just really excited to be back with you guys on Instagram. So I'll probably officially be posting in all like everything again once um this episode comes out because I'm recording it like a lot earlier than I normally record episodes um and that's just because we're going out of town for the funeral so yeah there's the update baby update uh emotions update doing much better feeling much better my doctor did ask me about anxiety and depression which I thought was really great and I really appreciated um her checking in and I was just really grateful to say that like I have good support. I have a therapist that I can call. I go to acupuncture reg regularly and we check on that kind of stuff. I have, you know, good family friends and good church support. And so I was just really encouraged to be able to say like, I have some good support here. So um, I appreciate it. But it was always good that they asked me about that. Um, just doing like a good check-in, not just physically, but mentally. And that was really encouraging. So, but doing much better um, overall. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to myself, thankfully. Um, okay. Oh, one more other life update, you guys. Um, so the thing that I would always say about me, if you have been on this podcast, listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know, this, that I am not a reader that I like would fall asleep reading, like nothing could keep my attention. I just hated reading. It was not a fun hobby for me. Well, when I, a couple weeks ago, just being sick and staring at my computer all day, staring at my phone all day for work I, and not really doing anything in the evenings, I was like, okay, I need a hobby and I'm just going to try reading, but I'm not going to read like a self-help, you know, betterment of life, like nonfiction book. Like I'm going to go get me a fiction book. Like I want to read like a thriller story. I want to read something that is like, like I'm watching it on Criminal Minds or something like that. And so I just little, took my little self over to Target and I just kind of stood there and looked at the books. I did not do any Googling beforehand. I didn't do any research. I just was like, whatever speaks to me, I'm going to pick up. 
and I have been loving reading. I've already read three books and I just started like a week and a half ago. So that's really cool. I mean, I did, I have had two flights since I started reading. So that has definitely made me actually have time to read, but I finished the first book I got in like three days. Like I am so obsessed with reading now. Um, I have read Oh, I can't even remember what they're called. The second book I read was Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, but I, I'll, if you guys want to know them, just message me and I can tell you because um, I can't think off the top of my head what the books were called. But they, they've just been so good. The last one I read, I was a little disappointed with the ending. Like I thought it would be more like twists and turns, but it wasn't. But hey, it's okay. It's still good. It's a fun, it's a fun pastime. And I cannot wait till Where the Crawdads Sing movie comes out because the book was so good. So yeah. Okay, that's the last update. I'm sorry that that took nine minutes of this podcast. You know, just got a lot, got a lot to say. I haven't, po- haven't podcasted in a couple weeks, so I have a lot of words. Um, so now let me put those words to, like, good use, you know? Put, put those words to good use. So this episode today is about purity culture, empty promises. So I, you know, have been thinking a lot lately about... The things that purity culture promises us, I, you know, had a message from a girl come in and she was asking if I had done any podcasts on like trying to get pregnant or infertility and how, you know, purity culture really promised her that like, cause they would always talk about like, oh, you'll get married and have kids. And like, that's just how it's going to happen. Like there was never any question that it may not happen. And so, you know, trying to get pregnant was and not getting pregnant when you want to be pregnant is really disappointing, especially because you just have this idea in your head that purity culture we have this idea in your head that you're going to be able to get pregnant immediately. Um, and because purity culture kind of says that to you your whole life, it's like when it doesn't happen, you can be really disappointed. And so I started thinking about that and then started thinking about it in a wider aspect. And there's so much that purity culture promises us that, that may never, ever be fulfilled. And it is really frustrating. And a lot of things happen when purity culture says, if you do this blank, then this blank will happen. Um, and honestly, like a lot of the times it doesn't happen that way. And so, and maybe they don't say that like verbatim, but it definitely is a vibe that's given off for sure. And maybe some places literally have said it verbatim. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting how they just give you that promise and it's an empty promise. A lot of the promises aren't rooted in scripture either. And so it's just like trying to tell you to be one way and kind of trying to control people to be one way. And, um, when it doesn't happen that way, a lot of stuff can happen. And so I want to talk about that today. I also wanted to say about the infertility thing specifically, I do want to have a podcast talking about that. Um, I have, I didn't have one on or haven't had one yet because I knew that we were going to be trying to get pregnant. And then when we were trying to get pregnant, I just was like trying to not think about that at the moment. And so, um, now is the time that I would like to have somebody on. So if you guys know of anybody that speaks on infertility, any kind of anybody that'd be a good guest, send their info my way. Cause I definitely want to have somebody on that, um, either has experience or is very knowledgeable about fertility. And I would love to like have a guest on to talk about that. Um, cause that is not something that I necessarily have experienced. And so I definitely would like to have, have an expert or someone who's gone through that talk. So if you guys have any suggestions on guests, please send me a DM, send me their stuff. Um, and we'll see what we can do about that. So I asked you guys on Instagram, what some empty promises were from purity culture that have happened in your life or things that you have said. And you guys sent me so many responses, which were so good. And so I'm going to share like all the responses on Instagram after this episode comes out next week or 
when it comes out, when you're listening to it. Um, and I'll share those on Instagram, but I wanted us to read off a good bit that you guys said and just kind of talk about them. And then I'm going to talk, I'm just giving you the outline of my podcast. And then I'm going to share some things that happens when those promises are made and not fulfilled and then what we should do about it. So that's kind of how your episode is going. You guys are getting a sneak peek into the outline of the episode. So I just want to start off by reading some things that you guys have said when I asked like, what were some empty promises <laughs> and that purity culture has given you? So I'm just going to read some of these off. So one of them was, if you both wait until your wedding night, sex will be absolutely magical and you will both finish. And that absolutely is an empty promise because let me tell you, most people when they have sex don't finish at the same time. You definitely like that can happen and maybe it does happen for you and maybe you've gotten in a good rhythm and you have figured out how to finish at the same time. Um, I mean, it's happened to us before. We have kind of figured out our little like way that we do it to make that happen, but it's definitely not like the goal every single time. I don't know why people get so fixated on you both finishing at the same time. And I don't know also why people get so fixated on you both just finishing in general um, because sex is great and you don't always, in my opinion, I mean, I don't think, well, let me back up a little bit. I was going to say you don't always have to orgasm. I do think it is, a fun, really awesome thing that women can orgasm. And that, um, I think if you're able to, I think that's fantastic. I think there's been a lot of like people keeping secrets about how women can orgasm and they don't really talk about it much. And so, some women feel like they can't. And I definitely think if that's a goal for you, like you totally can. And we, you just like got to do some work to figure it out, but it doesn't have to be the goal every time. Like sex can be really good without an orgasm. Um, but if that's something that you want, then I think that's awesome. But like, I think that's also, I mean, that's a goal of mine when we have sex. Um, but just this promise that like, if you both wait until your wedding night and you don't have sex, it's going to be definitely magical and it's both going to finish and there's not going to be any struggle or stress whatsoever. Like that is such the typical response. And I got that answer in, you know, more or less words, like so many times, um, in this question box, like that was definitely the most common response was this one. If you wait till your wedding night, sex will be absolutely magical no matter what. Um, okay, next one. If you dress a certain way, you won't get unwanted attention. Wow. That was one that like really opened my eyes because I definitely have felt that from purity culture. Obviously, purity culture is really big on victim blaming. What were you wearing? You know, that's the biggest question they always ask. Were you drunk? Like, did you tease him? Were you flirting with him? Did you go start too far with him? And then, then you changed your mind. Were you a tease? Like, they're very, very big on victim blaming, but I don't know if I had put two and two together in my head that this is like an empty promise that they give. They say like, if you dress modestly or if you're covered up enough, like you're not going to um, be assaulted or you're not going to get unwanted attention, which is so not true. I saw this thing on uh, Twitter, which I hardly get on Twitter, but I was on Twitter the other day and I mainly get on Twitter because one of my really good friends is really funny and she posts really funny things on Twitter. And so I get on to look at see, look and see what she is tweeting. Um, but I um, was on Twitter the other day and some, you know, Twitter will show you like from people you follow some things that they like on Twitter and something like that popped up that there was this like museum of, um, it was like mannequins that had clothing on them and it was clothing that a bunch of different survivors of sexual assault were wearing when they were assaulted. And I, I think I screenshotted it cause I, I need, I want to like look at the article cause I think it was a, a blog or something. And so I want to look at it, but 
I just thought that was so interesting because like they were all, it doesn't matter like what you are wearing whatsoever. It's not the victim's fault at all. Um, and I just think it's interesting that they are having this like, um, that they have this, you know, museum or, or exhibit or whatever to show people like it really does not matter. And so you need to stop asking these questions. Like some, some people were, you know, some of the clothes were like completely covered. Some were like a normal cool outfit. Some of them were like little baby like little baby onesies, you know? So I just think it was super, super interesting. I think it was very, very, very impactful. Um, and if you guys want to see that, let me know. I can maybe post on, on my story or something, but I need to read the article too, just to make sure I'm reading it right. But I know that's what it was. So just super interesting. And I hate this comment because it really is like so victim blaming and it really, you know, puts the responsibility on the women to dress a certain way and not be assaulted when it's like, um, it is not up to me if I'm going to get assaulted or not. Like, it's just not, if, if someone's going to do that to me, that's their decision. They're going to make it happen. And it does not matter what I'm wearing, like literally at all. So, um, I really hate that one a whole lot. Um, Okay. Next one, that if you are, quote, pure and, quote, good, you will automatically find an amazing guy who will have the same standards as you. And as a result, your relationship will automatically be good and work out great. Yeah, I think that this is another big one. I mean, purity culture talks obviously as purity culture comes from being pure. That's that's the, like, main thing of it. And um, just the expectation that, like, if you're going to be pure and if you're good enough – then you're going to have the perfect relationship and someone will have the same standards as you and your everything's just going to be good and great. Like all, all that matters is that you are quote pure and good. Um, and that can be, that can set you up for such disappointment. Oh my gosh, which we'll talk about in a minute, but who that, that one in itself just sets you up so, so much for disappointment, man, that's hard. Um, okay. The next one, if you wait until marriage, your married sex will forever be the best every single time. I don't know about you guys, but there's been some times that we've had sex and it has not been as great as other times. Like sometimes it just, maybe it's a swing and a miss, or sometimes it's just like pretty good. And you're really happy that you had sex and it was awesome. And then there's other times that it's like mind blowing. And it was like the greatest thing you've ever experienced in your entire life. Like your sex life really does go through seasons. The quality of your sex, I feel like can go through seasons. And I don't necessarily think that besides like non-consensual, I'm talking about consensual sex here. Like I think any kind of sex that you're having is really good and meaningful and special, like, you know, when, when you're married. And so I think your sex life just goes through seasons. And sometimes you're having like really awesome, incredible, mind-blowing sex. Other times you're just like connecting with your spouse and it's really great. And it doesn't matter like if you finish or not, and you're just like happy to be having sex, you know? So I think it really goes through up and downs. And I think that's just like what, how life is. So of course, sex is also going to be that way. Um, and it takes time to really figure out how to have sex and what you like and what you don't like. So it's definitely not always going to be like amazing, the best sex of your life every single time. Like, no. And the promise that it's going to be that if you wait until marriage is just so ridiculous. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. Um, okay. The next one is if you have sex before marriage, that will steal your worth and you won't even find a healthy love. This is really heartbreaking to me because there, I just think of all of the, you know, examples that people would use of like, you know, you're a, you're a flower. And every time that you have sex or do something with somebody, a petal falls off. And then if you keep doing it, keep doing it, then there's nothing left. 
And I just hated that analogy so much because it is literally the opposite of Jesus Christ. Like they're saying these things to you in a church, acting like grace and redemption does not exist. And, you know, I know that the conversation of sin is there. And like, I do believe that sex was designed for marriage and that was God's goal. But I don't believe that you are any less worthy of love or any less worthy of redemption or grace. If you have had sex before you're married, like I don't think that that changes your worth whatsoever because our worth is found in Jesus Christ and he loves us more than anything in this world. And he wants what's best for us. And he wants us to, you know, try to make the right decisions and do the right things, but we live in a world of sin. And so we're going to mess up. And the beauty is that there is grace and there is redemption for us. And Jesus like, always says, regardless of wherever you are in life, like you can come to me. And so the fact that they're teaching, like, you know, if you, if you pull, like, you're not going to be worthless. If you have sex, you're going to be a flower that can never be put back together again. It's just so insane to me. I'm like, where are you getting this from? Like, show me the scriptures. Cause I know that they would talk about sexual morality and yes, like Jesus does not like sexual morality. That is not okay. In Jesus eyes, it is a sin. Um, but it doesn't say that makes you unworthy of love. It doesn't make that it doesn't say that you can never be welcome in the kingdom of God. Like it says that we should repent and, you know, talk to Jesus about it. And that's what grace and redemption is for. And so it's like, why, why are we saying that people are worthless? Like it's so, so far from the truth. And also when people say that if you have sex before marriage, that will steal your worth and you won't find healthy love that automatically like makes, um, survivors of sexual assault feel like they aren't worthy ever of love and that it was their fault. And that like, even though it wasn't their choice to have sex, like that this still applies to them. And that is something that just absolutely just like, I despise it. And I think that every church, if you're ever talking about sex to teenagers or to adults that you always, always, always need to address the people in the room who have been assaulted and who haven't, like, if you're talking about sex, like haven't had sex they had sex because it wasn't their choice. Like it wasn't their choice and it happened to them. And I just feel like we have to always remind survivors of assault that like they are loved and worthy and that this does not change like the trajectory of their life. It doesn't mean that they're never going to find love, like that they are so loved in Jesus Christ. And it's just, ugh, it just bugs me so much. I could rant about it forever. Oh, and then, then the podcast would be four hours long and you guys don't want that. So, um, I'm going to read the next one. Okay. Um, another one that sex will be perfect and you'll magically know what to do. A freaking men, like people, amen, as far as that is an empty promise that you'll know what to do. Like, I know that, you know, I feel like at some point when I got older, I understood the mechanics of sex. I was like, okay, I have a vagina and you know, they have, boys have penises and the point, the penis does go into the vagina. Like, I feel like I can understand that, but I remember still thinking like, how does that actually work? Like, does he just like slide in? Like, I don't really know. How am I going to know that it like, I'm ready and it feels good. Like, you know, how do I move my body? Am I supposed to like, you know, I, you know, I just was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. And I was like, and I definitely don't know any sex positions, none whatsoever. And I'm not going to look them up. So I remember just being like, I don't even know. And I hope my husband knows because I just have no idea. And I don't know that it's necessarily up to the church to provide like sex education. I'm not saying that, but I do think it's worth like 
you know, more schools giving better sex education. Um, the stigma in the church of sex education going away, I do think it's important because the church really does not, not every church. I will, I do think this is changing, but there was always the like abstinence only sex education is what they believed in. And some places do still believe in abstinence only. And that is just not sex education. You can't even call abstinence only sex education, sex education, because it's not, (laughs) you're not educating anyone about sex if you're just telling them not to do it. And so I think encouraging people to be educated about sex is super, super important. And if you do have like, you know, if you're in a healthy church and you have healthy men or women like surrounding you, I do think that that's a place where they can help share and educate you if you've not been educated before. I also am going to plug my friend real quick because she has the best, 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 best stuff for this. Um, the Christian sex educator, Carly Palmer Webb, I'll link her stuff in the episode notes. Um, but she really does have, um, like incredible courses that you can take that will teach you mechanics of sex that will teach you, you know, you know, healthy things about sex. Like there's this course called the honeymoon course, and it really just goes over mechanics and things to know before you have sex and, um, anatomy and so many things. And she also has a, I don't want to get this wrong. They're a newly married course or something, something for couples who have been married or who are married and maybe need a refresher on sex or need to just reframe their thoughts around it. So she has an episode about that or mean it's not an episode, excuse me, a course about that. And then she's also coming out with a sexual or singles course, like learning about how to embrace your sexuality as a single person, which I think is really awesome. And when the, when this episode comes out, the course I think may have already launched. Um, but I'm going to link her stuff because I think it's the best. And I think that any person who is going to get married (laughs) needs to go through these courses. I've seen them and they're just really fantastic. So, and if you are married and you still have questions or you feel like your sex life isn't where you want it to be, like look at her married courses. So I think it's really great. Carly, I don't know if you hear this, but I love you and you're the best. (laughs) Um, So I'll link that stuff in the episode notes. Okay, next one. That you'll never have sexual temptations or struggles if you're a, quote, real Christian. You know what? I remember being a teenager and, like, experiencing the feeling of being turned on. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. If anyone ever knew that I was turned on, they would hate me and I'm not a good enough Christian. And I seriously remember I was just talking to my friend today about, how some people will just, they like to guess when the end of the world is happening and when Jesus is coming back. I don't want to get into that now, but I have a lot of strong feelings about that because I'm like, it says in scripture that nobody knows when it's going to happen. Anyways, we were talking about that and I remembered, I was telling her, I was like, I remember being in high school, like doing stuff I shouldn't have been or even just like experiencing sexual arousal and then feeling like terrified if there was a storm the next day because I thought that meant Jesus was coming back and then I wasn't going to make it into heaven because I had like temptation. Like I wanted to have sex and like, that is just so messed up. Like that's messed up because of the fear monitoring around like the rapture and the end of the world. And like I said, I don't want to get into all that, but like, that's a separate thing. But also like, I just remember feeling like it was the worst thing in the world to have sexual desire and be tempted and feeling like that I was the worst human if that had happened. Um, it's just crazy. Like that, that they tell that they tell us these things like you're not a real Christian if you have sexual temptation or desires. I'm like, sexual desire is from God. Like y'all know he made our bodies and he gave us the like parts of our bodies that make us feel good for a reason. Like we did, he could have just like ignored that. He could have just like left out the clitoris or made it to where our nipples aren't sensitive and don't turn us on. Like what? Like it just, I just think it's insane. Um, anyways, I'll read the next one. I need to get on with these. I'm already almost hitting 30 minutes. Sorry. I will go a little bit faster. I just have so many thoughts. 
Okay, the next one. Um, this is kind of similar to the last one. When you date a Christian guy, you'll never struggle with purity because God will just take that desire to sin away. Um, yeah, I feel like that is one that people will say a lot. Like, you're never going to struggle with purity because if you're just dating the right guy, you're never going to want to do anything. And I just think that's so wrong because I think one of the beautiful parts of relationships and dating is the desire to want to do something. I think that's a, like, part of us that you like the person or that you enjoy being around them. Sometimes it was just because you're like horny and you're a teenager and you have lots of hormones and you're like, that just person looks really nice. Um, but it's just like interesting because, um, you know, the promise that if you're with a Christian guy, everything will be perfect. And, um, I don't know about you, but especially when you're teenagers, we're all making dumb decisions and nobody is perfect and we shouldn't put that expectation on them that it'll be perfect. Okay. Another one you know, we were talking about this earlier. Orgasms will be easy. Yeah. I totally understand the fact that like people would say orgasms will be easy and it'll come natural. Like I've heard people say, Oh, sex is natural. You'll just know what to do. And they're also talking about orgasms. And it's like, um, no, there's a lot of women who don't know where their clitoris is and don't know that like the clitoris will help you feel good. And so they're just really confused on how to feel good. And sometimes they can't figure out the right motions that feel good and the right pressure. And so orgasming is hard and getting to that place of orgasm is hard because you do have to get to a place where your body is like fully relaxed and ready and welcoming that experience. And that's also hard to do. So the fact that they're just like, oh, it's going to be easy. It'll be fine. Um, it's not true. <laughs> not true for everybody. You know, for some people, maybe it does come easy and that's great, but it's definitely not true for everybody. Okay. Next one. This one is very near and dear and personal to my heart. Um, it's, I was going to talk about it, but somebody had said it. And so I was like, perfect. I'll talk about it when that part, when I get to that person's, <laughs> um, sex won't hurt. It'll be amazing and great. So absolutely. I, when I was engaged, I was like, you know what? I did it. I waited till I was married or till I was married. I did not given to all the times I wanted to. I stayed strong. I had, you know, opportunities and I didn't take them. And I'm so proud of myself and I'm so pure and so good. And so the Lord is just going to reward me with fantastic sex. And that could not be further than from the truth. Oh my God. You guys know sex hurt for a really long time when I was married. And so I just think that like the promise that like, if you wait and you do the right things and you're good enough, then you're not going to have any issues. It's just so incorrect. It's so incorrect. I remember being extremely mad at God. Like, literally, I did not understand. I was like, God, why are you doing this to me? Um, I did the right things, and I don't get rewarded for this. Like, I don't quite understand. Then I obviously discovered that I had a lot of really negative, bad thoughts surrounding sex, and that it was... My body was just like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that, because that's probably not a safe thing for us to do, because it's really bad. Um... But I just really, really wasn't prepared for that. My God. Um, okay, uh, last one, and I thought this one was really great, and I really appreciated this comment here. Is I've talked about it before. I have a couple episodes about it, but I had not thought about it in this aspect. Um, but somebody said, it promised that all men would have only the worst intentions. I'm so glad that hasn't been the case. And I just thought that was so good because, like, that is so true. Like, I talked about it in the, oh, crap, I can't remember what the name of the episode was. <laughs> um, there's a, a couple episodes ago where I talked about how purity culture really says that, like, all men are the worst and um, how it's really hard to, like, overcome that and how that can, like, ruin relationships and friendships because 
we are just expected to believe that men are bad because purity culture is always telling us that men are looking at our bodies, men are objectifying us, men can't be our friends. Like we're always told those things. And so it's really hard for us to trust men. And so this like, this is, this is exactly it. Like it promised that all men would only have the worst intentions. And that's so not true. Like there are really good men out there. And I know that there have definitely have been some men that have hurt us. Um, but I know that there are men out there who are really good and really kind and who love Jesus and want the best for us. And it's not like bad or weird or manipulative or anything like that. Um, but purity culture definitely makes it out to be like, they're all the worst, which is really interesting because it's a lot of times men telling us that. And so it's like, how I can trust you because you're the one you're the man saying that all men are bad looking at me the wrong way that is not adding up um okay I am I'm checking the comments real quick to see if there's anything else that I missed and that I didn't oh this was this is a good one to include um purity culture promised that guys are raging sex animals and gals are innocents that innocent that don't think about sex ever Yes, that literally is something. Like, they said that my husband would want to have sex with me all the time. And then when that was not true, I was like, okay, so what is wrong with me then? Um, I don't understand. And there was just so much more to it. But it definitely, like, so many empty promises. And a lot of them, honestly, are about sex. But just so, so, so many, so many empty empty promises. And then this person said, um, it'll, pro- it'll promise you a husband. And I was like... Yep, that's a big one. Um, and it was, yeah, that you wouldn't get a husband or that, or excuse me, purity culture promises a husband. And it actually in scripture, we are not promised spouses. And so just the idea that it's so interesting to me how purity culture is based so much on marriage and relationships and sex and all this stuff when scripture doesn't even promise us a spouse. And I believe that like the Lord can give you the desires of your heart. Um, but you know, it doesn't promise you that everyone's going to get married. And so it's like, you're going off this basis that everyone's going to have a husband or everyone's going to have a wife. And it's just not promised, you know? And so it can be really tough and really disappointing. Um, Okay, one more, um, that if you save yourself for your spouse, that you'll have a magical sex life and you'll be able to have children. So that's another thing. Like I said, I want to spend a lot more time in another episode talking about infertility and things like that. But that is a thing to mention here is like purity culture really does say like, oh, you'll be able to have children. You'll be able to have children. If you have sex, you're going to have children. And so when you have so many months of that not happening, it is so so disappointing and can feel so hopeless and it can start making you feel like you're doing something wrong or you've done something wrong or that you're being punished, which is just not true. It is just not true. Okay, let's take some time to talk about what happens when these promises are made and they aren't fulfilled. So there's a couple things that happens. Um, these are in no particular order. Um, but one, there is so much disappointment. There's so much disappointment when you are told from the moment you're a little girl that you're going to grow up one day, you're going to get married and you're going to have the best like husband in the world. You're going to have the best sex of your life and you're going to be able to have kids so easy and it's just going to be a dream. And so when that is not the case, when that is not happening, it is so hurtful to your life. It can make you think like, what am I doing wrong? How, why am I not perfect enough? Am I not, you know, a good enough Christian? Am I not studying enough? I'm not reading enough. Am I like, you know, my Bible enough? I'm not worshiping enough. Am I not just not pretty enough? Is my body not good enough? You start thinking, am I good enough? Um, 
And it's so, so hurtful because it's like you don't hear these things one time. You know, you hear them over and over and over. And so you start to believe it and start to internalize it. And so when it's not happening, it's just so disappointing. And I do think that, like, it is important to share the, like, good, positive things about marriage and the good, positive things about sex. And, like, I don't think we should be going around talking about the hard stuff all the time. Like, I really believe it's important to provide hope and share the good of what's, you know, what can, what your life can be and share the excitement and things like that. Um, But we also have to have a level of realness in there and just talking about the reality and reminding people that, if stuff isn't happening when they wanted it to or when they thought it would happen, that that doesn't mean that they're worthless, that they're, you know, not deserving. It doesn't mean that they did something, you know, horribly wrong or whatever. It's just timing. And there's sometimes there's things that happen that we don't understand that are out of our control. We don't know why it happens and it just happens and um, letting people know that they're not alone, you know, that's such a important part of it is just reminding people that they're not alone and, you know, providing hope and encouragement, um, because it's so disappointing when these things aren't fulfilled. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of times you have to go back to identity and remember what's true and what scripture says. And, um, just kind of circle back to that because it can be really hard when you just live in a state of disappointment because things aren't promises aren't coming to fruition that you were told were going to come to fruition. It's really difficult. Um, the next one is unrealistic expectations. So I don't know about you guys, but so many people just have the idea that sex is going to be perfect and magical on their wedding night. And I mean, you read all of those. A lot of them talked about that. And I definitely had that expectation. Like I was very much like, okay, sex might hurt the first time, but then it's going to start feeling really good and really awesome. And, you know, I love making out with Thomas. So that means that when we have sex, it's just going to be everything I ever wanted. And I just, not that that was unrealistic. Like I, like I said, I do think that there, we need to be talking about the positives and reminding people of the good things. Like, I think that is so important. Like, especially I've learned since being pregnant, you know, the couple of messages I've gotten of people telling me like, Hey, you're probably going to hear some negative things and people are going to tell you some bad stuff, but I just want to remind you that like this is a time of joy and it doesn't have to be as hard as people say. And like that stuff is, is so meaningful and means so much. Um, cause I do think that we need to be talking about the goodness of it, but we also need to talk about the, the realness of it. And so when you have just these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. It's like really, really difficult. And, um, basically, you know, one of them being that like, you are gonna, if you dress a certain way, you won't get unwanted attention. Like that is not, that is not a realistic, realistic expectation. Like we said, like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. If someone's going to assault you they're if they want to assault you, they're going to do it. And so it doesn't matter what you're wearing. And so if you think that if you always dress a certain way, that'll never happen. Like that's not always realistic, you know? And so, it's just like real. I also, I'm not speaking anybody getting getting assaulted over anybody. That was just one of my examples from earlier. Um, but yeah, it just it's really tough when you've got when you're living in a state of unrealistic expectations. It's really hard. And then like lack of education. So you know what happens when these promises are made and they aren't fulfilled. For example, like you know the promise that you'll just like know how to have sex. It's like no, we need to educate people. And sex education is like the bare minimum. Like it's so important for us to be educated on something that's going to happen to your body. Like, oh my gosh, it's so important. And so when we're told that we'll just figure it out or an orgasm will be easy or sex will just be natural, like we do need to be educated on things. And there is a level of like 
naturalness that can come with it. But if you don't even know where your clitoris is, then you don't know how to experience pleasure, you know, and you can have pleasure from things other than your clitoris, but it's just like, you know, that's a good example of why we need to be educated about our bodies, why we need to be educated about sex. And if we're just, you know, expected that we're just going to know what to do and figure it out, we're not educated and we need to be educated. It's, it's important. Um, so what do we do like about this stuff? You know, I definitely think the fact that we are just like talking about it honestly is a big part of it because I think a lot of us have lived in a place of disappointment for a long time because things aren't happening the way that we wanted them to. I know for the four-ish months that I was trying to get pregnant and I know four months isn't that long of a time but you know when you think that it's just going to happen for you immediately um, it is really hard and that's just like the most recent example of my life but I, I remember being in college and, you know, was dating around and then, you know, broke up with some boyfriends and was still just like, okay, I guess I'm just like never going to meet my husband, even though I was literally like 21 years old. It's like, Hannah, calm the freak down. <laughs> You're 21. But at the time it was like, if I don't, I'm, I got to find my husband immediately. And so when that wasn't happening, I was like, oh, like there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not providing the right things. Um, and so, you know, living in a, living in a state of dis, a disappointment is really, really difficult. So the fact that we're just like, talking about this I think is a big thing because we are sharing that we're not going to give any more empty promises we're not going to talk about relationships and sex and marriage and the way women dress and things like that in you know in a way that they did we're going to talk about it in a different light and so we're going to help like change the conversation for women you know coming after us and I think that's a really that's a really big deal but also in the meantime we just the fact that we're talking about like the real stuff that we're going through um really does help you overcome it just the fact that you can verbalize it and say it out loud is a really big thing I think um and then another thing like I said is you know, thinking about identity, because I do think a lot of this stuff does come back to identity. So if you're, you know, not getting the things that you thought were going to happen easily, it's like, it's so easy to go to like, I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving of this. I, the Lord just like, doesn't want me to have this. And truth is like, you are good enough. And I know that there is, um, a lot of like feelings around that statement of you are good enough in the Christian world, because I do believe like, you know, we do need Jesus. We definitely need Jesus. And I need Jesus more than I need anything else in this world. But Jesus tells me that he loves me exactly how I am. Jesus tells me that I can always come to him whenever I need him, that he is there, that he is not going to turn his back for me. Jesus says that he's going to leave the 99 for the one. Like I could be the one in that moment. And the world already tells you that you're not good enough enough. So I don't, I feel like we need to, we need to be rest and comfort that Jesus loves us and that there's grace and redemption for our lives. Um, if you have a different opinion on that, that is okay. That's just my opinion. And we are all welcome to our opinions. Um, but I do think that like you are good enough. And I really, like I said, I think it comes a lot back to identity because we can easily make these like I statements. And when we're in those places and we're dealing with disappointment, it's just really important for us to remember that like, okay, the timing will work out when it is supposed to. I really believe that. Sometimes I cannot explain or understand why it doesn't happen when we want it to. Like I, there's some really good friends in my life that have been waiting for stuff for a long time. And sometimes I'm like, 
Lord, I really don't get it. And I'm really freaking mad at you that like, this has not happened yet. Like, I don't understand. My friend is doing everything right. Like, why is this just, why is this not happening? You know, I've got some things like that in my life with some close friends. And so it can be really hard and you can find yourself being really angry at God. And then it's just important to, the way that I kind of get myself back to it is just like, okay, what is true? I'm making up a lot of things in my head that are not true. So going back to like, what is what is my head saying? But what is the truth? What does scripture say? And so that really does kind of help me like center back in a little bit. It really helps me to talk about it with people. So just like talking about it with your friends, talking about it with your church, talking about it within your community um, can really help you, you know, not feel so alone and can help you com- like combat the um, disappointment that you're feeling or the unrealistic expectations. And I just think the fact that like, we're going to be changing the conversation for people moving forward. Cause like we're not doing this pretty culture stuff. So we're going to, we're going to change it moving forward. Um, but I also think something for us to think about also is like, we can talk about things um, without making them the, our story. So let me give an example. So like I, I, I'm sorry, I keep giving pregnancy examples, guys. That's just the most recent thing going on in my life. So it's just the easiest thing for me to give examples about. Um, but, you know, really early in pregnancy, I would start seeing people talk about miscarriage. And I think it is so important for us to talk about that. Like, absolutely. It's, it's so common and it's so important for us to talk about. And I know there was a long time where women didn't talk about it and they suffered in silence. And so I think it is so important. I'm so glad that we are talking about those things. Um, but I would catch myself saying like, Oh, that's going to happen to me. That's going to happen to me. And I just like need to prepare for it. And I realized that like, I was, you know, hearing people talk about really hard stuff and then I was making it my story. And so I think we just really need to think about that when we're like seeing people talk about stuff, because like, it doesn't have to be your story. You can be educated about something without making it your story. And I really try to think about that when I talk about my experience with painful sex, because I really don't want, you know, women in this community who are not married yet or haven't had sex yet. And I don't, I'd never want to like talk about my experience in a way that makes them think, oh, that is going to be my story. And so we just need to think about that in this context as well, like hearing the really negative things or from purity culture or hearing the really positive things, like hear that stuff, but then kind of say, okay, what is my story? What is my story going to be? And just kind of speaking life of yourself, but also speaking like, okay, well maybe that we need to think about the realistic expectations of things. We need to think about what reality is. I need to educate myself on what my options are, what could happen, you know, things like that. So I hope that made sense. I hope I didn't just confuse you guys even more on that, but I do feel like that has a place here. Um, you know, we can, we can educate without making things our story, or we can educate and make those things our story. Um, so just kind of taking, taking things that we hear from people and really, and not just like taking, taking it as like Bible and truth, but taking time to think and pray about what you believe and things like that. So, okay, there's, there's my episode. I am hopeful that you, you know, felt less alone here. I think it's really good that we are talking about the empty promises that purity culture makes because it makes a lot of them. And if anything, I hope this episode helped you feel less alone and remember to always put our identity back in Jesus. Like I really wish that I had all those answers. Um, unfortunately I don't, (laughs) I just, I just don't, um, you know, in those seasons, I just tell you to be honest with your friends, be honest with your family 
or the people you feel like you can talk to. And it just really helps during those times when things are really hard to have people to talk to. And therapy is always your best bet. I'm always going to circle us back to therapy. So um, anyways, okay. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Also, I wanted to remind you guys that I have memberships. So if you want to join Say What Friends, go ahead. I think it would be awesome. Um, and you can learn about that um, on Instagram. So yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. I'm sorry if I was sniffly. I have allergies and don't want to take allergy medicine while I'm pregnant. That's just a thing I don't want to do. So I'm sniffly and I'm trying to get better. Okay. I need to stop talking. I love you guys. We will talk soon.